passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock. Joined by WH Park, welcome to the November edition of Post Pure Wrestling here at postwrestling.com. WH, Halloween is in the books. Did you did you have a big Halloween? Is Halloween a, a big thing for you uh, over in your area of the world? No, not really, except for um, in Shibuya uh, in Tokyo. The Shibuya area is like this epicenter of like um, people wearing costumes and wanting to party during Halloween. So every year, like Shibuya just turns into this incredible mass of humanity of people wearing costumes and, and drinking and just having a fun time. And and the big problem afterwards is like as soon as like maybe around 1 a.m., 2 a.m., all you see is like this mass of garbage all over the city, all over the all over the area of Shibuya. And you have to <laughs> you have to keep in mind, Japan is a very clean country. Yeah, uh, we don't have um, like um, trash cans out on the street normally because most people are expected to take their garbage home with them carry it with them and take it home or drop it off maybe at like if you have a small you know some small rubbish you, you put it in like the, the the garbage cans located in convenience stores or something but that's kind of frowned upon too so you just kind of take it home not you don't not, do what tamatonga does at a subway oh hell no dude like like we talked about before that probably got him in a lot more trouble than choking out that fan yeah, I, I bet a lot of people that watched that video didn't even understand the the significance of that as you're just outlining at the moment. Like that's just something you don't kind of disrespect in in public. Uh, I mean, we saw that with Bram when he was over there for Noah. Yeah, well, you certainly don't do it to like the the biggest transit company in the country for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, uh, the Jap- Japan Railway is bad idea. So we have a lot to discuss on this month's show. We're going to be going through uh, some highlights of the Super Junior Tag League, which uh, wraps up on Saturday. Uh, we're going to have a three-way final. Uh, we also have Power Struggle to preview. We're also going to be venturing out into uh, DDT, running Sumo Hall, a new Triple Crown champion, and Atsushi Onita coming out of retirement. Who would have thought, WH? He broke his word. He promised he was retiring last year. I don't understand this. You know what his nickname is in Japan, right? Mr. Liar. Mr. Liar. That's right. Because he keeps breaking his retirement vow. Shawn Michaels and Atsushi Onita. All, all at once. Uh, Terry Funk, too. <laughs> well, Terry Funk. I mean, there, there is your uh, Onita Shawn Michaels WrestleMania. That would be... That's what you should build, to. Oh, he'd go for that. They offered him enough money, he'd be like, "I'm there." Who does have a, a, a loose uh, history with FMW when he went over there as a referee in '98? Yeah, that was for Mister Ganasuke as Dark Hayabusa, I think. He's in that gimmick, and and Hayabusa was doing his H gimmick, not his uh, Hayabusa gimmick, because uh, he was trying to ape the uh, the Rock during that mm. time in FMW. That's, Did you I enjoy think- that? Did you enjoy that era of FMW when they were they were going very heavy towards uh, much more of like a 
Attitude Era style of presentation at the time. No, I didn't, I didn't really follow FMW even at that time outside of like when I would pick up the um, weekly ProRes magazines and I look at the pictures like, well, what the hell's going on in this company? That's when uh, Onita was out and basically uh, Sanson Fuyuki was booking the company. And, uh, and you know who uh, his two uh, disciples in FMW were? Ghetto and Jado. So what kind of the things like the, the sports entertainment aspects of, of New Japan that you see today are directly related to not only their, you know, their love for American style and, uh, booking like ECW and, and Memphis, but also like during their time, like under the learning tree of uh, Samson Fuyuki when he was booking uh, uh, FMW and like all their titles. You know, do you remember what their titles are branded at that time? They're called the World Entertainment Wrestling. That's titles, right. Yeah. yeah. Which was hilarious. It's it's an interesting idea to look at with, with Ghetto and so much praise that he has received for this turnaround and being the the mastermind behind all of this. But when you look at any successful Booker WH, there is a wall that you hit, and Ghetto has been going like for a significant period of time. That that you wonder, like, is there a a, a plan in place that this guy? I think all good bookers, you need a break at some point. I think Memphis always had this like a perfect style where they they would switch on and off between Lawler and Jarrett, and they would have that understanding that you need to have that that period where you you can recharge your batteries. And Ghetto is someone that has been kind of you, when you look at how intricate some of the booking is, like just a G one, just planning one of those out, and how much of a headache. He must go through in so many instances that you never hear about. Oh, I mean, you see it in WWE, right? Like, I mean, Vince is burned out a long time ago and he doesn't have like a Pat Patterson anymore to help him out with like kind of keeping him grounded in, in wrestling. Uh, I think Ghetto's like in that spot now where he's he's got this pressure of trying to like trying to expand the company into the United States. I, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do that. Like we talked about this before, is it going to be a U.S. based you know brand that they're going to send guys over? Or are they going to have a U.S. only roster? I don't know. Like I'm sure that's weighing on his mind. Plus the change in the the you know the, the administration with you know Harold May coming in and, and and ousting people and putting his people in key spots in the company as well. So who knows what like he's going through in terms of like just booking the company and keeping all the wrestlers happy as well. Ghetto booking. NXT Japan within 24 months, likely or unlikely, WH? Uh, I mean, if there's going to be NXT Japan, I think it's more likely that WWE is going to like make inroads with like whatever's Noah? left. Noah, yeah. And then they're going to probably install someone as the booker of that company. I don't think they leave the book to like say Marafuji or anyone like that. Well, let's chat a bit about, uh, we'll get into our power struggle preview, but starting off with the, uh, the junior tag league on, Thursday's show, Rapongi 3K defeated Kushida and Chris Sabin. So that creates a, a vacuum at, at the top with a, a three-way final. We're going to get Rapongi 3K versus the champions, Desperado and Kanemaru, and Bushi and Shingo Takagi, all tying with 10 points. So they will meet in the three-way on Saturday at uh, Ideon Arena in Osaka, the winners receiving uh, a title shot. Or in the case of Desperado and Kanemaru, I guess they... Uh, they get a night off. Yeah, but I, what, what was the point of having a league if you're going to have a three-way, especially with the champions in it? Uh, like, they couldn't knock off, like, book it to, like, 
you know, Despy and Kanemaru are just out, and then, you know, the teams that are remaining get a title shot at them at Wrestle Kingdom or wherever, they're going to have the title shot. It's this just feels stupid. like a... Yeah, this feels just like a, they're so compelled. Like, we got to do a three-way. Everyone loves three-ways, and I'm the opposite. I hate three-ways, and it seems like they went out of their way to make this one a three-way with the champions involved that I think kind of takes away from the drama of your two finalists, and then you have the the fantasy at the end of, okay, how is the, the winners going to be uh, positioned now against the champions? And you have something to build to of that that title showdown. And instead, yeah, I, I don't like this kind of uh, the positioning of this with the champions involved in the finals that if they win, it's very uh, non-dramatic. And it's you're kind of already giving this away. Uh, you're basically muddying the waters because, like, what's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom? I remember, like, you know, there's that period, like, where I'm going to Wrestle Kingdom three years in a row, and there's always, like, these multi-team matchups for the junior title, tag titles. I've, you know, there's a four-way, there's a three-way, and I was just sick of them. And then I think, I think it was finally last year, they finally broke away with that, and they just had a straight tag match for the junior titles, and I was so happy to see that. Uh, now we're Now we're probably going back to, like, this nonsense with the fucking three-ways now. How much of the Super Junior Tag League have you uh, gotten to see? And specifically, uh, Shingo Takagi. This was the first time, you know, if you were just a New Japan consumer that you got to, you know, see him after the debut and teaming with Bushi throughout the tournament. So I've seen everything from up wow. to this, um, except for the post-Sunday shows from Korokin. Uh So I haven't seen the last, I guess, three shows. I'm not really like compelled to watch to go back and watch those because they're all single cam single match shows on new japan world and from what i understand they're all the same they're basically just you know you know three star range you know tag matches there's nothing special about them you're not missing anything it's not life-changing anything like that so it's like the new new worker mentality it used to be you look out from the back to see what the crowd is now it's the guys look out the back and see how many cameras are set up they're like okay it's a one camera night yeah exactly no if you watch like i've seen the whole you know, quote unquote house house show portion of this tour up until like the weekend corking shows and like outside of maybe two matches and I can I actually made a list of all the matches I, I would recommend people to watch from this tour if you if you're pressed for time. Um and we can go through those. But like maybe right. I think there's two or three from the house show circuit that I would recommend. Mostly everything is from the Corkin shows. Yeah, not surprising. It reminds me of a couple of years back. It was the first year that New Japan World uh, decided to air all of the uh, best of the Super Junior matches. So this would have been maybe 2015. And I remember talking to one of the guys in the tournament, and he just found out that they're going to be airing all the matches. And you could just see like the added pressure that these aren't just going to be house shows for the various markets. It's they're going to be streaming, and the guys take it very seriously then when they realize that it's being broadcast of kind of what is expected of them. Well, I lucked out this year with the Best of the Super Juniors because, like, I got the Osprey uh, ACH match, and those guys tore the house down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, a, d- a different mentality, certainly. Well, why don't you, why don't you go through some of the, uh, the, the matches that were uh, standouts for you in the tournament? Okay. So uh, I'm just going to quickly go through these matches uh, on from the first night. Tuesday, October 6th from Corkin Hall. The opener, the Young Lions six-man tag match with Narita, Umino, Hinare, taking on Uemura, Suji, and Yoshida. I think this was actually the best match of the whole tour, including tournament matches. It was so good. Um, we'll talk more about the, the Young Lions later, but it was, yeah. it, was it, it, it just gives me so much hope 
and so much promise for the future of this company. Even if there's like aspects of the company I'm not really particularly high on, I still am invested in the company because of these guys. Um, that's the number one match I would recommend anyone to go watch, and it's not even a tournament match. Uh, number two from the same night, uh, Rapongi 3K taking on LIJ. Uh, Shingo's just got this great chemistry with uh, um, Shotanaka that I'm, I'm really you know excited to see maybe play out a little bit more, maybe in singles matches down the line. Um, the next evening, Wednesday, October 7th, also from Cork and Hall, um, Rapongi 3K taking on Desperado and Kanemaru, the tag champions. Uh, Monday, October 22nd, uh, Volador Jr. and Soberano Jr. taking on uh, LIJ. Uh, the thing about that is, like, you know, Shingo, because of his experience doing kind of Japanese lucha style in Dragon, Eight, Dragon Gate for so many years, is an excellent base for uh, high flyers, particularly, like, lucha guys. Um, it's one of the few matches where I thought Soberano Jr. looked okay in this tournament. He's not been having a good tournament, and, um, and we can talk about that later, but... I have a theory as to why he's not performing as well. Uh, continuing on, Tuesday, October 23rd from uh, Totori, uh, we have uh, Chris Sabin and Kushida uh, taking on ACH and Taguchi, which I thought was the best match of the uh, the house show circuit of this tournament. Uh, go go see that. Uh, next, Friday, October 26th at Corican Hall. Uh, again, a, sick, uh, a young lion six-man, uh, Suji, uh, Umino, Hinare take on Uemura, Narita and Yoshida. Uh, then we have the Chaos versus Bull Club multi-man tag match. Uh, after that, Sobrano Jr. and Volador Jr. again take, but this time they're taking on Desperado and Kanemaru. This was the one match where I thought the CML, CMLL guys did a really good job and were like kind of allowed to just go crazy and like have the, the, the restrictions taken off of them. And I think it helped that they had someone like Desperado who worked in Mexico be able to work with, work with their style. And they, this is the match where they were like brawling inside the crowd. Volador Jr. did the dive off the top of the stairs from, uh, the orange seat section of Corican onto, onto them. It was great. Fantastic. That's the one match. If you, if you're a fan of Luchadors, watch that match. Um, where, what else we got here? Uh, same night, Shingo and, uh, Ibushi taking on, uh, um, Eagles and Ishimori. What I liked about this match was that, um, Shingo is a Dragon Gate guy. Uh, Ishimori trained under, the Dragon System in Toyomon X and then later uh, Dragon Door. So they're both kind of part of that system, the Dragon the Dragon System created by Ultimo Dragon. And so they worked really well together. And I think they've only had one other interaction before, I think, in Noah. Where I think it was like Ishimori and who's his partner at the time? I think it was Kenta, maybe, taking on like um, Shingo and BB Hulk. I think they were the GHC Junior Tech Champions. So this is like, you know, like, I don't know how many years later. But this is like the first time they've met since then. So it was really good. Uh, That's cool. And then October, uh, sorry, October 27th, also at Corican Hall. Uh, I'm almost done here. Chaos versus Bullet Club. This is another great high energy multi man tag match. And I got to say, the MVP of both, both those matches, the um, Chaos versus Bullet Club matches, was Rocky Romero. He was so amazing, so much fire, so motivated to have a good match in these. In the, he could get easily get lost in these tag matches, but he stood up among everyone else. And afterwards, that's also the match that you had, you know, Tanahashi coming to save Okada, and they did yes. the handshake, you know, <laughs> the the dusty Nikita style handshake, the the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan handshake. It was great. I I popped huge for this. I think. So what, people- what is your 
what is the the climax of this this union between Okada and Tanahashi? Is this a one-off tag match they do, or do you actually believe they'll put these two together in the tag league? I don't know, because you know, like the thing about Ghetto's booking is that it's so unpredictable these days. Um, I would I would put them in the tag league, and you just say like we want to take out we want to take out Kenny and we want to take out Jay White respectively, you know, in, in this tag league. Um, I, I personally like I like the idea of just one big match between the two because it's such a unique pairing that you don't want to water it down. That said, I don't care like how much you look at the logic that these guys they're they have their matches set for Wrestle Kingdom. Does it make sense to be in the tag league? That becomes the biggest tag league they've done in years. If these two are together, especially with uh, Abushi and Omega in there, like. It, they have set the table that they could make this an enormous tag league if that is the featured attraction, the Okada and Tanahashi doing a series of matches together. If, for sure. And if, like, you know, like whoever Jay White is teaming with, I, I assume it's be Ghetto. Then you have, like, the added bonus of, like, you know, Tan- Okada going after Ghetto in those matches or, or going after Jay White. And then, you know, Tanahashi and Okada fighting the Golden Lovers. Yeah, I, I think it would boost up the you know the box office for sure for that tour which doesn't necessarily do all that great because it's not been the most exciting you know tour every year uh, on the new japan schedule um just to finish off my uh, my recommendation list two more matches Sabin and kushida versus eagles and ishimori and finally shingo and uh, bushi taking on kanamaro and desperado uh bushi and desperado just have this great great like interactions and like just great heat between these two because i think they're history together so yeah those are my recommendations for the uh, super junior tag league do you have the the wh park uh, mvp and also biggest disappointment uh do you, do you have two individuals isolated uh mvp, is- MVP would be uh, shingo takagi i think mm-hmm. he's just like shown how great he's like acclimated to the new japan style because you know the dragon gate style and New Japan style are completely different. Like in tag matches, especially, like Dragon Gate matches are all sprints, especially main event tag matches. They're all sprints because you don't have to tag. Like your your partner rolls out, you can come in. You, there's no you don't have to do that. With New Japan matches, of course, you have to tag. Like so, they're all they tend to be slower paced. But he's he's able to like not go from doing a sprint and like just hitting, trying to hit all his big moves all at the same, you know, all at and within like a three minute period to like pacing himself and he's shown that he's really good at pacing himself and not and like he's very strategic about when he hits like his big moves now like whereas be like five pumping bombers you know last falconry three times before he pins the guy or he gets pinned himself so he's been really awesome in this tournament uh biggest disappointment mm, i I, kind of robbie eagles I, i i've been i was expecting a lot more from him in terms of being able to showcase what he's able to do because i've seen both his osprey matches from uh, pwa in australia the uh, the one last year and the one this past summer and like i was expecting okay he's gonna he's just gonna showcase all his high flying all his you know great offense and he's shown a little i personally feel like he's been told like tone it don't go crazy we're gonna save it for a singles run probably we're gonna maybe we're gonna save it for best of the super juniors this year that's when you're gonna unleash everything that you can do i think they're going the opposite tact as uh, as what they did with osprey when he came in osprey comes in just do everything you want to do we don't care we want you to showcase all of it i think they're telling the opposite to to uh, robbie eagles because i think they want to show off 
uh, Shingo more. They want to showcase him more in this tournament. So also part of this uh, recent tour is the introduction of Lanny Poffo on the English commentary team. He was getting a tryout. The uh, According to Poffo, he had met with uh, Michael Craven, who is one of the executives now with the company. He met him at All In, and somehow it came up in conversation about, do you have any interest in trying out commentary? And Lanny Poffo said, sure. And they brought him over for this tour. He is scheduled to do Power Struggle on the weekend. And how much of Lanny Poffo have you got to... Uh, sample during this tour um i heard all of his commentary on the his first night in which was on the saturday at corican i listened to about oh like four matches into the second night and this is like the the three-man booth with mavs gillis who was doing play-by-play and of course our friend chris charlton um and i just had to turn it off the the dad jokes were getting completely out of hand um you know someone said which one was worse and I said, oh, the second night. And they said, why? Well, he's speaking more because he just doesn't know what he's talking about. He seems like a very nice man. I don't want to impugn on him, but he, he was terrible. <laughs> he was just he didn't know who anyone was. He was making egregiously inaccurate statements throughout the whole night. My favorite part, though, I have to say, like, Maz Gillis would try to feed him something. What do you think about that? He's like, yes, Taiji Shimori. Yes, he's fast. Oh, my God. Uh, but he was doing like this- see. Bobby the yeah. Brain Heenan kind of shtick as well in the second night, which was just did not fit with New Japan. Yeah, it's listen, commentary is extremely difficult. And if you are not, especially for this audience, if you are not consuming this, if you are not following everything, you are getting thrown into the deep end quick. And I think that that is what you're hearing at the moment with Lanny Poffo. I. I have not got to hear a ton of him, but I did watch on on Sunday. And what I've been going out of my way to watch are of later, just all the Young Lions matches. And it just drove me nuts in the opening tag. I think it's Ren Narita with this bridging German and Lanny Poffo, not just once, but several times. He had to go out of his way to state, you know, who has a better bridge than that? Who, Lanny? Yours truly. Like, why, why is that a necessary comment? Like, whatever we're watching here, secondary to Lanny here. And that just drives me nuts. It's like just the, gotta, gotta put myself over here in the Young Lions match. And that kind of stuff I hate on commentary, but I'm gonna, I am gonna give it a fair shot and watch uh, his commentary on Saturday. I did start today's show and he's doing it with Kevin Kelly and he starts off by thanking Kevin Kelly on air for all the notes he has provided him and tips calling Kevin Kelly the modern day Gordon Soley. It's tremendous. You know, the best part one uh, was uh, when he's watching a tiger mask match and he's like, I wrestled tiger mask in 1982. Is this the same guy? No, I, I don't know if oh. he's being serious or not. I, I looked this up on cage match. I don't see any record of him fighting tiger mask or Satoru Sayama. So I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, when you think of like the timeline of even when, you know, when, yeah, like the, the years wouldn't even like match up in my head of where he would have, uh, gone over there. I don't say a hundred percent that it didn't happen, but I guess you, uh, you always take these with a grain of salt. Maybe if anyone out there can find us the Satoru Sayama Lanny Poffo match from the eighties, uh, do, do send it over to us. I do well, want to say I, one one quick thing about the commentary, though, is that uh, Mavs Gillis, 
Uh, I don't know who he was before this, but I was listening to him. and I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's pretty good, actually. Yeah, he's a broad, he's just a, a sports broadcaster out of, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I, I had no knowledge of him prior either. Um, so yeah, he was brought in here. And I mean, that is as much as they are putting so much emphasis on New Japan World, you can't just rely on, on Kevin Kelly for all of these shows. So they are going to have to have a stable of, uh, of commentators. And even with the announcement that Don Callis will be coming back, he's going to do Wrestle Kingdom. He's not someone you can rely on for every show either. So whether, and apparently not Rocky Romero either. So you do need to have a bit of depth when it comes to your English uh, commentators. And it's like, there's not a gigantic dearth of them. Um, at least that they have on hand at the moment. I think those people are out there, but you really have to seek them out. The ones that have the knowledge base and also do have a recognition factor that people know who they are, that it's, because you can easily turn off an audience that has the Japanese alternate alternate commentary that you want to be driving people to. And do you want to spend three hours uh, with commentary that is not going to be pleasing to you? Well, let's chat a bit about the Power Struggle card coming up on Saturday morning from Osaka. They sold out Edeon Arena. Are we at the point, WH, where for some of these big shows that they, they've kind of outgrown this building? Or is this still... Um, a relatively good space for them in terms of their their not uh, tippy top shows, but uh, this is still you know a prominent show on the calendar. Um, I don't know. I think today this this year's Power Struggle is kind of an you know aberration in terms of like the the quality of the show. They kind of loaded it up, so I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain that next year or the year after that. So I'm going to say keep it in Edion Arena. Um, like and like the thing is is like the closest arena that would be bigger would be osaka joe hall which is where they usually have dominion and you know dominion always sells out like i i think if anything they should move out of edion arena to a bigger arena uh maybe to koshin which is where the ha- i think the hashin tigers play and where the um i could be wrong about that by the way uh, or they have the big um junior high, the high school baseball finals which is huge in japan um they can move it there maybe if it's set up for wrestling, or they could go to uh, Kyocera Dome, which is you know their ver- Osaka's version of the Dominion can sustain that. But the thing is, is like Edion Arena holds about five thousand five hundred people, and I've been in there multiple times. It's a great arena. The, the the one of the you know positives about it is that it's located in the heart of downtown Osaka. So there's you go to the show, then you can go. Go, go have a drink you can go eat somewhere you can go shopping after it's a really really convenient area there's like tons of train lines going in there osaka joe hall is kind of like a little bit out there it'd be like going to the docks you know in toronto so it's a little harder to get to there's trains that go out there but the, from the train station to the to osaka joe hall is like maybe a 15 20 minute walk as i recall there's not much around there as far as like eateries go and or shopping so it's not as cool as going to edion arena um, so I would not move it because the capacity of like Osaka Joe Hall is like, I think about like just under 12,000. I'd rather they sell out Edion Arena and it looks full and looks amazing rather than they, you know, struggle to fill like a 12,000 seat arena and there's like pockets of emptiness all over the place. I think that would be a really bad look. So this card is headlined by Chris Jericho and Evil for the Intercontinental title. Uh, I think that's the, the large draw on this particular uh, card. And how do you see this one being set up? I think everyone assumes that it will be Jericho and Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. And 
Is that a title match? I hope not. I don't think it should be because like, like Jericho doesn't need that belt. Naito doesn't need that belt. Jericho Naito as a match doesn't need the IC title to make it like a, you know a hot attraction. Um, Evil could really really use the rub of beating Jericho. Could really use the rub of having the IC title. I think he needs to be elevated in this match. So you can go to like Jericho to Naito at the Tokyo Dome without Jericho having the IC belt, without Jericho winning this match. You can do some shenanigans where. You know, he does. It's kind of a disputed finish, and it, it, it maybe propels Jericho to want to fight Naito even more without the IC title. So I, I would hope that Evil wins the belt, but who knows? Is Evil kind of in the spot that, that Goto was of a few years ago where he's right there? He's just kind of several performances away from breaking through. Do you still see him at that level? And. To me, he just he hasn't been able to cross the threshold of where a lot of people see his his ultimate ceiling being at. And this is another big match for him. I mean, this presumably is going on last. So this is a really big, uh, big match for him. I think by the time people gave up on Goto was like after he had, you know, he had won the G1. Uh, He'd been given tons of chances. He'd won the New Japan Cup. He had multiple title matches against Tanahashi, um, against Okada. I can't remember. I don't think he's ever fought Nakamura for the world title, but I think he's fought him for the IC title. And he just, for whatever reason, he just never delivered. I think him changing his character like slightly over the years didn't help him. Um, the thing with Evil, I really think he needs to drop the gimmick. Um, it's like, it's like, it's not something that I see drawing money. Evil, you know. It's it's you know I've I've kind of got kind of used to it, but at the same time, I feel like. It's a very limiting character for him. That's something he can like put in the closet when he wants to have a big grudge match that requires something more violent. Okay, bring out evil, like like Keiji Muto and the Great Muda. You know, like when he wanted to, Muto would like, okay, I'm gonna go back to being Muda. I'm gonna fight this guy in a grudge match. Great, but it's something that Watanabe has to put in the closet, become himself to some degree, and like just then he'll go over like with the fans more. You know, it's, a, it's an over gimmick. I think it's very limiting to him. They just added this over the past week. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki for the British heavyweight title. A uh, very prominent uh, representation here for RevPro on this card. And, yeah, you could certainly look at this as the number two match on the card. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, a, it's a match they've done tons of times over in the UK. Uh, Ishii's just won it, I think, back in when October 14th he won that. So it's a quick yep. rematch. I, I'm imagining that he's going to keep it. Um, Suzuki didn't really do anything with that belt. I don't think he fought, he defended it at all against anyone British. So I think it'd be better Ishii goes over. I think Ishii's more willing to go over to the UK to defend that belt. And he'll have really interesting matches with like, you know, maybe, I don't know, Chris Brooks or David Starr or even Walter. Like, they can have a rematch could be for that belt. Uh, Tetsuya Naito takes on Zack Sabre Jr. This has kind of been Zack Sabre Jr. versus LIJ has been a storyline all year long, going back to the New Japan Cup. And, yeah, I, I have high hopes for this one. I was very disappointed with, with Naito and Suzuki back in September. And I am much more optimistic about this one in terms of uh, Naito and a member of Suzuki Gun. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping that, you know, Sabre continues his winning streak. And then, like, 
if Evil wins the icy title, then you can easily do the match that we never got at uh, King of Pro Wrestling, which would be Zack Sabre Jr. challenging Evil for the icy belt. And I mean, we can talk about that match if it happens closer to Wrestle Kingdom, but I'm hoping that e- Zack maybe gets that belt at some point. I don't know from Evil at that show. Because if Evil gets the belt, I do think he has to have a successful, at least one successful defense of that belt. We have Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi and David Finley. I think this is a huge opportunity for David Finley to be in a match that gets him some spotlight. I really like David Finley a lot, but I just think he's he just suffers from a numbers game that there just isn't enough spotlight to go around when you have such a loaded roster. But this is a big platform for him and uh amongst these three. Yeah, the problem with David Finley is he's an awesome wrestler on a roster full of awesome wrestlers. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to break out. I I think this match plus he's going to fight Kenny Omega in a singles match at one of the Lions Break shows in Anaheim, California. Uh, maybe a week later. So this 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 period of time is like very crucial for him. I think he's going to have to like really step up his game and just turn it on and just make people in the back notice him, make them notice like how talented he is. Him and Hinari, to me, of the foreign young lines are like the most promising guys. And like, and if they're smart, they'll see like this is an investment we can make. He's gonna he can stay with us. He won't jump to the WB, which I'm sure like. He's just waiting for his father to say, okay, you can come. Because I'm pretty sure Fit Feeling's like, no, you're staying there. You're getting more seasoning before I bring you here to the WWE. So they should try to like push him more to keep him happy so he'll stay in the future. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm hoping this, this is a showcase more for him. You don't really need to showcase Tanahashi or Omega that much. Save that for the Tokyo Dome. Ibushi is just going to be awesome. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I... I really hope they don't give away too much of Tanahashi and Omega. I want those two to be as separate as possible going into January 4th. So I understand you have to do some interaction in this match, but I hope they don't overdo it. So we'll see. Okada and Beretta against Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. Kind of a very similar setup to, to the other tag match here. You are, you know, setting up your, your big match for Wrestle Kingdom. So the focus will be on Okada and Jay White. Well, did you watch the um, some of the backstage promos where Jay White said he has a mole in chaos that he's talking to that's tired of Okada. So, and there's like this hint maybe that it might be Beretta he's talking about. So maybe we're going to see a heel turn. I love it. There's a leaker. Who's leaking? Who's the leaker? Information. That's right. I love this. Well, this he said great. the mole. He specifically said the, the mole. mole in chaos. Wow. Man, this we is mi- going to be a great, great cliffhanger. We missed a match. Are you saving it? No, I'm not done yet. Yeah, oh, okay. we still... Uh, oh, the real main event uh, is Taichi defending the never open weight title against Hiroki Goto, who's replacing Will Ospreay, who's off the show. I thought this was going to be a big coronation ceremony for Will Ospreay winning this title. Uh, instead, it's Taichi and Goto. Uh, can you inject any interest uh, for me with this match? No. <laughs> not at all. I I, 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 I I could care. I could not care less about this. I I struggle to. I would have struggled to even care with the Osprey, except I love Osprey so much, and I really want to see him beat Tai Chi. I think I think I think Osprey can get a really really good match out of Tai Chi. Uh, Goto can get something decent out of Tai Chi, but I, I hated their last match. It was terrible. I think we're gonna see the you know like interference galore. We're gonna see you're gonna. This is where Izuka's gonna get his like payday appearance. 
I, no, I'm I'm done with it. I don't. I'm. We're just going to see Mihabe like you know caress the belt and refuse to give it over to Tai Chi. You know, I, I, I you know I'm hand waving this. I don't give a shit. This could be an interesting experiment to have WH watching this match, and Lanny Poffo could bring up the most obscure point, and your head might explode. The combination of all of this at once coming at you, WH. Dude, this it, might be. This might be it. John, it would be like the opposite of like you know when they have those cameras on Mauro Nello's desk when he's doing commentary for like Takeover or something like that, and he's just so enthusiastic. I, I'd be the anti Mauro Ronaldo. <laughs> and rounding out the card, we already talked about it is the uh, the three way final of the Super Junior Tag League. Um, I, I see I see Bushi and uh, and Shingo winning this one. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Book them strong coming in. I think that's the way to go. So that is Power Struggle. I think we have, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to look forward to on this show. There's also uh, Tai Chi and, and Goto. Uh, but overall, um, should be an interesting show. It's, uh, it definitely seems like it will be a noteworthy one, setting up a lot of stuff for the Tokyo Dome. And it's hardly a throwaway show. So I think that's it's got something going for it then. And this really is like the last major show of the year. We do have the Tag League to round out December, but this is the last big show of 2018, so we'll see if any other big angles are shot setting up January 4th. Let's move on. Let's go to... Um, well, first of all, um, I know you definitely wanted to chat about Zeus and Kento Miyahara, which recently happened back on October 31st. Uh, back on... What was the date? October 21st, yes, uh, in Yokohama. Big title change. Uh, Kento Miyahara winning the championship back. Uh, Zeus, uh, I thought, I have not seen a ton of Zeus, but I really enjoyed watching him in this match. Like, this guy, man, it, this was one where if Vince McMahon suddenly uh, stumbled upon uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling streaming service, this guy, I, I think Vince's eyes would, like, pop out of his head. Yeah, he would book him and probably maybe his partner, Bodyguard, and then just have an instant buyer's regret about one of them. Yeah, not Zeus, it'd be Bodyguard, because Bodyguard is terrible um yeah i love this match it was only like this is second defense um he won it from kento in osaka um and then he had one defense against uh, shiji ishikawa in what i thought was a really excellent match in front of a really terrible crowd that really hurt that yes. match um i feel that it, it brought it down a lot for me wh like i thought that this match i was watching a really solid match but the the crowd really did they did not treat this like a classic um, I thought that was a big negative on it. And also it was like really small crowd. I think maybe that really hurts Zeus that like he didn't draw many people to that show. And then the crowd was kind of dead for his match. And they thought, okay, we got to put it back on Kento. Kento's like the ace, right? So he's like the safe bet. He's the most popular guy in the company. So, okay, he's going to bolster attendance at our, like, at our kind of B shows. So just put the belt back on him. I think that's the decision. But the match in of itself, what I loved about this, and to me, it's like kind of the the anti Kenny and Cody match in the sense like there wasn't any melodrama in this. It wasn't like it wasn't work like sports entertainment. It was work like a like a true Royal Road All Japan heavyweight title match. Uh, there was like a lot of drama. There was a lot of like emotion, and and you know Kiyoiwata is the greatest ref in pro wrestling anywhere in the world the only one who even comes close is um what's his name uh drake younger but what's his real name 
in NXT. Uh, Drake Wirtz. Uh, Drake Wirtz, yeah. He's a great ref, to... and Kyoi Watt is a great ref. There's this point where, like, you know, like, Zeus is just, like, laying it into, like, um, Kento Miyahara. Like, in the, he's in the ropes, and he's trying to break it up. And, like, he just – and then he throws him Forces away. Him off. Yeah. yeah. And then he comes back, and you think he might get, like, do something. Like, maybe do something stupid like Red Shoes would. But, no, he just, like, gets in between them, like like a real ref would, like, you know, MMA ref would, would pull some apart. And then just calms Zeus down. Calm down. Don't get disqualified. Have a fight. Don't get, don't get disqualified. I thought, that's brilliant. That's what that's that seems so real to me, you know. And he's such he has like I don't know fifty years of experience doing this, so he's he's amazing. I love I love him. He's my favorite ref of all time, and he just added to this match. And um, yeah, Kento looked amazing. I think he he's really good with using his strikes strategically in matches. He does like he does his own version of the of the V trigger, the blackout. I think he he doesn't get excessive about it like like Kenny Omega does. And I love his finisher, which is like the, um, which is like, uh, wow. it's a German suplex, the, but, he, but he like grasps both arms. The shutdown. The shutdown. Love that match. Love that move. Yeah, he won it. It was about 34 minutes. Uh, really strong match to go out of your way to see. And kind of, uh, how does this kind of set the table for All Japan's championship picture? I mean, what are the, the challengers that they kind of have lined up for Miyahara coming out of this? Uh, it's hard to say. Like, they tend to really you know rely on outsiders um i I think if they keep on using kengo mashimo from um kaintai dojo that he might get a shot down the line the problem with all japan as much as you know i like most of all japan like their their top end tends to be a little sparse you have you know kento yeah you have suwama kind of the weight in the wings but he's kind of tied up in his tag team with shiji shikawa um you, you, you have Akiyama maybe in the background, but I think he's kind of tried to take himself out of the title picture for the most part. Uh, beyond that, there's not much. Like this is why I really wish, as much as I love Noah, I really wish like Noah would just fold into all Japan. If, if he, can you imagine that roster mixing with like Kento Miyahara and Suwama and and like uh, Ishikawa and everyone else? It would be so amazing, John. It'd be like a return to like '90s all Japan or you know early 2000s Noah. I just wish it, it would it's happen. one of yeah it's been one of my frustrations for years is that there's no shortage of talent the only negative is it's it's so scattered throughout all of the promotions that if you had several offices that just looked at that that hey we are a stronger whole than we are as individual pieces you, you would have some really dynamite alternatives that would attract a lot of people because I think even for your ardent follower of Japanese pro wrestling. You can only spread your dollars so many different ways for all these different streaming services that if you had kind of a, a united front among, you know, just, just a handful, even if it was just all Japan and Noah. And granted, there are enormous political, uh, barriers to get through to do that. I, I think in the end, you, you would have something really great. I, I really love that, that, um, Baba tribute show they're doing in February where, I don't know if they'll do interpromotional matches if it's just going to be representing each promotion with their own match, uh, kind of like dream cards of the past. But I, I like the idea of getting you know that different talent all onto one show. I think they might do interpromotional because it would be kind of disappointing to have all these like companies represented on this show without having like some of them face off. Like you, you can't do Noah and New Japan. There's just there's just too much heat between those two companies but you know you could do all japan and new japan because they have they have a kind of loose affiliation you know nagata was all asia tag team champion with 
you know, Akiyama back in the summer. So there's no barrier there necessarily. Um, no. You can do Noah and Big Japan interactions. You can do Russell One and uh, New Japan possibly. You can do Russell One and you know anyone else. There's no really heat anywhere there as far as I can tell. Um, then the noticeable difference is that there's no no Dragon Gate on this show and no uh, DDT on this show. So, but you know it, it is what it is. I think you'd be too heavy handed then on 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 a show like this. Is that a show you would consider going to once the lineup comes out? Um, I was considered going to it just based on like all the participation of the different companies. But the thing is, it's on uh, it's on a Tuesday. I, oh. I can't I can't go. So I don't live in Tokyo. It would it would be like a one hour train ride. One one and a half hour train ride. I'd have to rush back home. No, I, I I couldn't do it logistically. As much as I would like to go, I hope it's going to be on on New Japan World. Like if they're involved, they they get the rights to air it. I don't know if it's. I don't know if there's enough people on it for them. They might air their matches, not the whole show. Yeah. The most likely right. like, broadcast platform would be uh, probably Samurai TV. Yeah. Uh, we also had uh, DDT ran their Sumo Hall card on the same day, on October 21st. Uh, I got to watch the uh, the Shima Konsuke te- uh, Takeshita match, which was uh, – I thought this was great. This was the match you said to uh, – you said the rest of the card is whatever, but this was the, the standout match. And that's what it seemed like. It was uh, just over 24 minutes, Shima destroying this guy's knee for the duration of this match. Um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I thought it was great. It ended off with, uh, yeah, the, the cross arm power bomb for a near fall by Shima and then winning, uh, with the Meteora. Yeah, it's great. I, it's, you know, the thing is, it's like you don't really get too many Shima singles matches in Dragon Gate. And then it's, it's kind of like he's been on a kind of a singles tear, you know, relatively speaking, because he had a, a really fun singles match with, uh, young, Wrestle one wrestler by the name of Jun Toncha, which I would re- recommend if people can find that match, go watch it. Um, but this match with uh, Konosuke Takeshita is really, really good. I think one of Shima's best singles matches in God knows how long. Um, he's kind of like toned it down because of like nagging injuries and accumulative damage to his body. But he just said, fuck it. I'm going to go have a match with this guy. It's like in front of 6,000 people. It's in Sumo Hall, which he doesn't normally wrestling because it's sumo hall is not a dragon gate building so i'm sure that motivated him i'm sure wrestling guy as talented as takshida helped motivate him as well um you know to me it's just like this guy you know this is why he's an elite worker this is why he should be in the wrestling observer hall of fame so you know i was just really happy with it i won't say though like the rest of the show was throwaway i i picked about six five other matches that i thought were worth checking out for different reasons. Should I should I list them, John? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, in one of one of the dark matches, which I don't understand, if you broadcast it, is it a dark match? But they list it as a dark. Technically, match. no. No, it's not. Yeah. So I hate when they say shit like that. Um, it was a light match. It was a light match. It was a light match. Broad, day, broad daylight match. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this was an what they call an offer match from the um, the kind of the Joshi arm of DDT, Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, Shoko Nakajima, uh, Yuka Sakazaki, and Mizuki took on uh, Mira Shirakawa, Miyu Yamashita, who's the, the champion of uh, TJP, and uh, Yuki Kamifuku. It was a very fun match. I, I, it reminded me of like those Michinoku Pro matches you would see like on uh, ECW shows. Not not as high levels, but it, it had that fun element to it, you know. So I recommend that. Um, 
the next match was also a Joshi match was uh, Cassandra Miyagi uh, teaming with her uh, her mentor Miko Satomura, uh, both from Sendai Girls promotion, taking on uh, Saki Akai and Maki Ito. The great thing about this match is, uh, if you're not familiar with Maki Ito, she's this idol, like a, a pop star singer character, and she's actually one in real life, and she's she wants to be a wrestler too, but and she feels that. Miko Satomura doesn't respect her because she's this legend. She's like this serious wrestler. She's so she, this whole thing is she's trying to get her respect. So this match was really fun. Anytime Saki Akai was in, it was terrible because she's just a garbage wrestler. A good personality, but just terrible in the ring. Uh, but the best part is actually at the end, just like Makito didn't want to shake her hand. She tried to attack her some more, and then Miko Satomura just, you know, waylaid her and just brushed her off. But She's really tough, Makito. She took a lot of shit from Mako Satomura, so I recommend this match. Uh, after that, um, I recommend the uh, Strong Hearts. Uh, so T-Hawk, El Lindemann, and one of their OWE guys, uh, Duan uh, Yingnan, I think he is, uh, his name, taking on uh, Takeshita's uh, faction, All Out, which comprised of Akito, Shinma, Katsumata, and Yuki uh, Ino. I think it's Ino. Uh, that was a really good, fun six-man tag match. Uh, after that, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Andreza Giant Panda versus Super uh, Sasadango Machine was... Uh, I have to just watch it for the spectacle of what it is. Granted, I think it's way too long, but when the uh, Super Sasadango Giant Panda comes out and he fights Andreza the Giant Panda... That's just some funny, entertaining shit that I, I'm, I'm willing to accept that part of the like silliness of DDT, you know, once in a while. I, like, okay, that's fun. I, I can enjoy that. So go watch that. And yeah, that, and then Shima versus uh, Takeshita. When will we, we be at a point where we can have a DDT best of the Super Pandas tournament? Oh, John, don't, don't, don't joke. This could be happening like within two years. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Are you going to the DDT show during the Mania weekend? I haven't uh, I haven't lined up any shows yet, but that one, I think so, yes. Be prepared. Uh, Dino might try to kiss you. It's his gimmick, you know. That's not going to go over so well in, in the U.S. Oh, dude, uh, it does not go over well at non-DDT shows when he does it. Like, he did it at the um, – he tried to do it at the Marafuji 20th anniversary show. It wasn't going over. He tried to do it, I think, at a Ricky Toshu show, I think, as well. And just a lot of the a lot of the men in the audience, no, no, don't do it. Like, no, no, no. DDT, they expect it. So they're like, yeah, just kiss me. It's okay. We'll see, right? That'll be interesting. Yeah. The, the Bushwhackers, I don't know in this era um, if that would have been as uh, socially acceptable to be just uh, licking unsuspecting uh, patrons uh, of your arena. But uh, yeah, DDT coming. WXW is going to be running a show WrestleMania weekend and uh, Spring Break, which has become one of the the big highlights of WrestleMania week the last two years. They are bringing it Sushi Onita this year to the White Eagle Hall, and tickets went on sale earlier this week. Instant sellout. Um, I believe around six hundred or so uh, tickets sold uh, to this show. It's not the biggest venue. But they made up for it with the gate, which is going to be enormous for this show. The standing room only and general admission level. So just to get in the door, 75 bucks. Oh. And that goes all the way up to $195 US for front row seats. And there's several other sections that are um, right at that, that 
three figure level of a hundred dollars or so. So, uh, yes, it's not going to be the most attended show of the weekend, but it's going to have a really gigantic gate. And I think it's just the combination. Spring break has become the big party event of the weekend. And I think it's Sushi Onita is a draw for a lot of people to see live. Oh, definitely. Um, especially in the United States, I, I'm not that excited about it because like I've seen Onita not wrestle, but I've seen him appear and it's, and he's, he's very charismatic and like, it'll be an experience if you, if you've only heard about Onita, I think you're just, just his promo alone after the match should be, you know, worth the, the price of admission. I don't know about $175, but maybe, maybe $50. We'll see. Those prices are ridiculous, John. Like, I'll put this into perspective. Cork and Hall, the orange seats, which are like the, in my opinion, the best seats in, in, in the venue are like on average about $50, you know, for, and you get a great view of, of the entire show, whatever show you're at. So to me, <laughs> I, I'm going to be curious to see like what the feedback from people at that venue is during that weekend. I mean, if anything, they underpriced them because the demand was enormous. I know they had some tickets sold over the weekend. Like I think you could get a, a password, but it was uh, – anyway, when they went on sale, like they were gone within minutes for this entire thing. I wonder how many they could have fit in if they had a bigger venue. I think no less than 2,500. I think that spring break, that has – they have separated themselves, WrestleMania week, and that is – like on everyone's list, if you are watching any non-WWE that weekend, I think that's at the top of your list. That and this year's got the Garden as well with ROH and New Japan. But Spring Break is, you know, both those shows sold out right away. Maybe he's going to do Spring Break in Japan one, one day. Oh. In wow. Corican, in Corican Hall. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. You know, very, very possible. You know, Fight Club Pro, like uh, Trent Seven's promotion in, in the UK is coming to. Corkin They're Hall. going to run Corkin. Yeah. What a January 7th, I think, just yeah. a few days after New Year's Dash. Yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking of going to that, like trying to get some time off, extend my vacation time. I'm waiting for a card for that because I don't want to just say I'm going to go to be just based on the, the brand alone because I don't know if it's going to be a true Fight Club Pro experience. Like the shows intrigue me, but I have to see who's actually on the card and what the matches are before I commit to like, taking time off work and, you know, extending like my hotel stay and stuff like that. Do you see that being a heavy demand show when tickets go on sale for that? I mean, like New Year's Dash, it's like, boom, tickets are gone. Uh, do you feel that there's a novelty? Like is Fight Club Pro known enough uh, I, that it's it's going to be a tough ticket to get? I don't think so. I, I don't think they're yeah. that well known. Like they're putting it on in conjunction with, I think, Sendai Girls. I think, uh, Mako Satabura is helping promote the show because she's the Fight Club Pro champion, actually. So, you know, I, I'd be curious to see if they have like a, a feature match with like, you know, Bridge Strong Style, who worked these shows, if they have a feature match with, you know, Chris Brooks, who I really like, uh, and some of the other people. If they bring in like Jordan Devlin, that'd be really cool. I would love to see those wrestlers work in Cork and Hall. That would be a draw for me, you know. Um, I do want to get to some of these questions on the forum, but uh, quickly, um, any thoughts on what's going on right now uh, with Noah? We had uh, Takeshi Sagura just recently defend his title at the, well at the beginning of October, and we've also got the Stardom Tag League that's uh, taking place. Yeah, well, uh, Noah's just kind of like you know leveled off. They're pretty steady. Um, their house show business is terrible. Like they average between like. 150 to like just under 300 for like their their, their smaller venues. Corican does okay, um, but you know the thing I think 
that's really saving them in terms of like not declining any further is that you know this this really nice run that Takashi Sugiyara is having as the GHC champion. He's in his fourth reign as a champion. He's he's won the belt the most times. Um, he's in his he just had a sixth defense against Nakajima, which was a decent match. I I would have gone higher if it wasn't for like some of the odd choices they did, where like the weapon use, like Nakajima would like hit him with chairs at the beginning, and then in the middle of the match he just grabbed his club and just started hitting him with it. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? He's a heel now, but he's never used weapons before, so I didn't understand. It took me right out of the match. Um, I don't know who his next challenger is, but uh, what's nice is that they're in the midst of like their tournament, the Global League, and they just had a match uh, this past week at Cork and Hall, and it sounded like it was a really hot show headlined by, um, what was the match? I think Sugiera versus Go. I heard that was really good. I heard the, the Keno match against Kohei Sato of 0-1 was really hard-hitting. I saw a clip where Sato like shoot headbutted at Keno and and just busted each other open hard way. That was gross. I hate that shit. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Kotaro Suzuki, you know, he's returned to Noah and he won the GHC junior heavyweight title from uh, Daisuke Harada, which I heard was a really, really good match. And if you've seen the build up to this, like on in clips or on GIFs and on Twitter or whatever, the, the build up has been great. Kotaro Suzuki is an excellent, excellent prick heel. He's, he's just been outstanding in this. And so I'm really happy that he got the belt. So I, when that goes up, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, as far as the stardom, uh, goddesses of stardom tag league, uh, it's been pretty fun. It, it started on October 13th and I'm not sure when it finishes, John, I, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure it's sometime this, this month, but I don't know when, uh, I'll recommend some matches, uh, from night one on October 13th, uh, Hazuki and Kagetsu taking on, uh, Shiki Shibasawa and Tom Nakano night two, uh, October 14th, Azumi and Konami versus uh, Shiki and Tam. Uh, and then Mayu Iwatani and Saki Kashima versus Momo Watanabe and Utami Hayashi Shida. Got that right this time. Uh, night three, October 20th, uh, Hana Kimura and Mary Apache versus Mayu and Saki. And then finally from night fourth up to this point is uh, Junko Kiona and Natsuko Tora, who are the current tag champs, taking on Azumi and uh, Konami. So those are worth checking out if you have. Uh, stardom world yes now we can start the build-up to who gets uh taken for the may young classic in 2019 uh, maybe i'm gonna say maybe kagetsu she's the like the best worker in the company i don't see momo going over i think like the current crop of wrestlers that they have right now are are pretty interested in just like kind of filling in the vacuum that like you know Kyrie left in 2016 and then like um and then that or 2017 and then EO left this year um they're fine though like they have so much talented wrestlers on their roster like in the upper mix that i'm not worried about stardom right now but if like wb came knocking on their door and said oh we're gonna take momo we're gonna take uh jung kiona we're gonna take you know kagetsu and hazuki then I'd be worried about the, the future of that company. But I, I don't see them necessarily wanting to go. Not everybody wants to work in the WWE, you know? That's a company that I think if they, if they came over for a WrestleMania weekend, I think that would be a, a really hot show that oh, people would want to see. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The thing is, you got to remember, like, you know, like the Mae Young Classic, the first one, was just riddled with <laughs> stardom talent. Vi- uh, Piper Niven, uh, 
you know, Tony Storm, of course, uh, Kyrie. Um, pr- uh, this year we had Dina Perrazzo. She's a stardom uh, person. Um, uh, Tessa Blanchard was in the uh, last year's. Pretty much if yeah. you're a really, really talented women's wrestler uh, from North America or, or Europe, if you're really, really good, chances are you probably worked stardom. Or you work maybe like Sendai Girls. Not as much because they don't run as many shows. But stardom, like you come over, you're on tour for like three weeks and you're wrestling every day. And you're probably getting put in there with the, the top stars. So you're, you're working Momo, Mayu, and Kagetsu. And so you you can't help but get better if you're wrestling those talented people like that. All right, let's go over to the forum. We did get some questions this month. I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but we're going to leave this thread up. So each month we will uh, dedicate some time to uh, taking your questions. Uh, This comes from Jake from the Windy City of Chicago. Um, Do you guys believe that New Japan should rethink their North American expansion strategy? The last Long Beach show barely had any promotion and their card was booked within that week and it did not sell out because of it. Do you see uh, a... an educational process after the last Long Beach show, WH. Um, I don't know what their strategy is right now. It, it's very unclear outside of doing shows in the California region. If I were them, I would expand to the, the Midwest or the, the Northeast. I would definitely try to do a show in Toronto. I think if you put a New Japan branded show in Toronto, it would sell out. You could do it in uh, Maple Leaf Gardens um, yep. easily. If you put in a big – if you had like – you had Tanahashi – versus Naito, okay? It's not for any title. It's Tanahashi versus Naito. And you had Okada versus, I don't know, um, Sonata as your semi-main, and then some, like, you know, some of the foreign talent to pepper out through the undercard. That would sell out, and I think it would sell out within a day. Um, you what could- about Tanahashi and Naito at Cactus Pete's? <laughs> is that is that the place where Don Callis ran the angle with Kenny Omega in Winnipeg? No, Cactus... Did you ever go to Cactus Pete's? It's where the Apocalypse Wrestling Federation used to run, which was this bar that uh, sadly does not exist any longer. No, I, I never went there. The ultimate, like, imagine a wrestling show in a bar with, like, a ceiling that you you couldn't even do high spots off the top because of the ceiling, and it was just the best. Wasn't that what Blood, Sweat, and Ears was like, though? Yeah, I never went to a Blood, Sweat, and Ears, which was a combination wrestling show and, like, you know, like, punk rock show at um where did they used to run it um it was on like queen street at uh at the the opera house they used to run it at yeah i never went to one of those either but i remember all those guys would come to o'grady's all the time yes um goes on to say pro wrestling noah used to be one of my favorite promotions especially in the 2000s ever since masawa's death and kobashi's retirement it's become a shell of its former self do you think noah will ever recover and be what it once was or is it just a glorified independent promotion with bright colors? Um, to recover to their glory days, they would have to get on television, which would probably be impossible. The thing that really like put the nail in the coffin was this book that um, one of the undercard guys wrote, Jun Izumita. He wrote a book because he about Noah because he was pissed off he got fired. Uh, and then he revealed like their connection with this woman who was one of their sponsors. Like She would take out the wrestlers to go drinking with her, have dinner with her. Um, this is, you know, if you're familiar with sponsored culture, like if you watch Being the Elite, that's what Masa is. He's a sponsor to the Young Bucks. There was this woman who was a sponsor to some of the wrestlers on the NOAA roster. The way she funded her sponsorship of these guys was she was involved in like uh, stealing pensions from old people and she had connections to the Yakuza to do this. And this kind of, the scandal came out and it really destroyed Noah more than 
in Masawa dying more than Kobashi dying. I think they could have recovered the, from those if they had TV still. They'll never get back on TV outside of what they have with uh, uh, the G Plus network. Um, they'll never get a, a full-on network even at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, so no, I, that's why I think it, it's kind of futile to you know keep Noah around. It would be better if that roster merged with another company to bolster that one. In particular, I would think All Japan. Christian writes. Has there been any examples in the past that you thought would have been done better if they had moved companies, such as Kawada, who was always seen as an All Japan guy, and while he did go to work, other companies, his home base was always All Japan. Would he have succeeded elsewhere, and is there anyone else you could think of uh, that would have done well moving companies? Okay, Kawada is an interesting example because like, I don't think he would have ever been as pushed as, as a top guy as even in like New Japan, he would eventually have fallen down the card. Noah, there was too much heat between him and Masawa, I think. So he was exactly where he needed to be. Um, examples of guys who could have done better. I think Marafuji, if he jumped to New Japan in 2015, he would be in the top mix, definitely for sure. I, I really wish he, he jumped to New Japan like when he did it after he did the G1. Yeah, it, it's it's. It's kind of just like a hard question today because the spotlight is so heavily centered on New Japan that you could just look at anyone that's, you know, a great talent that if they just had the exposure of a G, like a Miyahara in a G1, I think that would bring so much focus to him. Uh, and that's likewise, like across the board, you could look at different guys that it's just New Japan has so much of the focus at the moment. That being in New Japan, uh, yes, they're they're loaded. But if you can really stand out, that's kind of your your star making vehicle at the moment at the the highest level of Japanese wrestling. That's why I think you know as much as I'm excited about Shingo Takagi being in New Japan because I think he's going to have amazing matches. I think if he jumped to if he was a freelancer and he made his base in all Japan, he would definitely be one of those guys that could you could possibly see getting the triple crown and having a run with it. And he would be a very reliable champion because, like, of his experience, and that he can have a good match with pretty much anyone, junior or heavyweight. The interesting comparison over the next year is going to be Shingo Takagi in New Japan versus Pac in Dragon Gate. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, the thing about Pac is like, you know, he seems like he's now he's branching out to the UK Indies. We'll see what he's going to do WrestleMania weekend. I'm very curious about his bookings there. Uh, from Rob. Who do you see Cody defending the U.S. title against at Wrestle Kingdom? And where do you see Suzuki and Ishii ending up on that card as well? Let's start with, start with Cody and, uh, yeah, where he figures into Wrestle Kingdom, if at all. Um, well, he's got the U.S. title, so unless he loses it between now and then, um, I can see that happening. I, I would say just give it back to Juice. Like, there's no one else you would really put that belt on. I feel like he could defend it at final battle. And if you, for whatever reason, uh, he wasn't working the dome, you could get it off of him there, but I, I do expect him to be on the dome. Yeah. I, I say just put like, have him fight juice again, have the rematch from Gerard. Do you think that new Japan should try to acquire the tape libraries of defunct Japanese promotions or is the fan base that would subscribe to new Japan world, uh, too small to justify such an expense, such as uh, he brings up FMW and, and their tape library as one example. Um, I don't see them doing that. I, I don't think they would want, like, you know, to muddy the waters of, of their, of their streaming service. Um, and then you gotta think about, you know, the, 
Japanese like video libraries are are like tied up in like TV stations and like other entities. Like that's why like you know like all Japan like uh, TV can't use any of the classic '90s stuff like the Masawa, Kobashi, Kawada, Tawa era because it's all owned by NTV. They have they have no connection to that. Uh, that's why like that's the thing with Noah. Noah like if they ever want to start a streaming service. They probably won't be able to use any of their archive footage from like before 2010 because uh, I don't think I think NTV owns that as well. They're not going to give it to them because of the scandal, like I said. From MJ, what is the working relationship like in Japan between companies, and could there ever be a major consolidation to expand west? Um, anyway, there's several follow up questions here, but I mean, New Japan they they don't need any assistance. I don't think that the you know partnering with anyone else is going to further expand them uh to get to the u.s i mean they're they're very much just concentrated in their own business and and rightfully so i don't think you're gonna a partnership would add any more muscle other than probably create a lot more headaches trying to work with other companies with this idea of expanding to north america you also have to keep in mind that like a lot of the other companies outside of new japan are are struggling just to you know get market share in japan itself you know like i said noah's House show circuit is like, you know, ranges from like, you know, 150 to like just under 300. They don't, they don't need to worry about the United States. Yeah. And I mean, another question he has here is if Omega and the Bucks left the company, will we see a major reversal on plans to expand into North America? Is it contingent on, on these key American talents being involved? No, I don't think so. I think if, I think they have contingencies in place. Because they, I, I think they're ready for the young bucks to leave because they don't book them so much. When they do bring them over, it's for like one show, um, I, and they took the titles off them. So I, I think they're ready to let the young bucks go wherever. Like even if they don't sign to WB, I don't think you're going to see them back in Japan that often. Whether it's a new Japan choice or even their own choice, it doesn't seem like they're they're that willing to come, you know, take the flight over here, you know, to Japan. Um, Omega is a different story. I think if Omega leaves, it's, you know, the thing about Omega that's positive, that's really a positive of him is that he's the bridge because he speaks fluent Japanese. So he, he attracts both the Japanese audience and he's potentially going to uh, draw the, the English speaking audience. If he leaves, then yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's not the end of like any plans they have to expand. They have, you see them stackpiling like foreign talent all the time in this company, Robbie Eagles, just recently um juice acquiring like trying to get these guys into their la dojo that are going to be on this lion's break show so Mm -hmm. they're 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 prepared for kenny lee i think it's inevitability that kenny leaves if he's not leaving in 2019 he's going to leave in 2021 or 22 yeah that's when i he's gonna he's definitely not staying for 10 years in new japan that i'd be surprised if that happens and let's do one more question here from Jalen, because uh, this ties into a topic that we didn't get to earlier that we wanted to. Are there any New Japan uh, juniors uh, that you believe can and will be future heavyweight champions? And I'll extend that to the Young Lions uh, that we wanted to kind of go over, because it really is a glory period, I think, at the moment with the the Young Lions system and who they have in that that system. Oh, if we can separate that. Juniors, I think, you know, Osprey is going to be the guy that they look at to like replace Kenny as a, a spearhead into the Western market. Um, if not for his, like, you know, he can't speak Japanese, but like, doesn't matter, but he is so amazing 
and, and is such a worldwide talent already. Like he works everywhere in the UK, the North America to a limited extent. But like you put him as your poster child, your the the, the point of your spear, so to speak, in, in trying to get into the Western audience. He's a perfectly viable replacement for Kenny Omega. Um, so he can do it. Uh, Shingo Takagi is not going to be a junior heavyweight for very long. Um, I don't think Sho Tanaka is going to be a junior heavyweight uh, forever. I no. he people say, well, he's short. And I'm I'm like, look at fucking Tomohiro Ishii. The guy's like shorter than Sho, and, and he's got no muscle mass. But like, no one says he can't be a heavyweight. So people say to me, he's too short. He can't be a heavyweight. Fuck you. He can be a heavyweight. He's gonna be a heavyweight. Okay. I am totally on board with Sho Tanaka. <laughs> We just got a WH t-shirt idea. Fuck you. Fuck you. He's going to be a heavyweight. I want to see that in the uh, the post-wrestling store soon. All right. If we had WH Park currency, okay, a whole new uh, economy out there for the, the post-world, and you were buying shares in any of the young lions, who, uh, who are you putting your valuable WH bucks on at the moment? Okay. Number one, Shota Amino. He is, without a doubt, the he's the Tanahashi of this group, you know, of this crop of young lions. He's going to be a huge fucking star. Um, after him, Ren Narita, that guy is yep. so talented. I, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Shinjiro Otani in his yes. look and I think his demeanor. I hope he becomes this prick. That's what I hope. He's like like beating the shit out of guys and just like going up to like his seniors and just slapping the shit out of them and say, fuck you. I don't care about you. I, I had to wash your back three years ago. I'm not doing that shit anymore. I want to see that. Slap Lanny Poffo and say, show me your bridge. Show me your bridge. Show me your patella. Did you hear the, the, the dad <laughs> joke that Chris made? No. So, so Lanny Poffo goes, do you know what a patella is to Chris? And Chris goes, no, but I know what Nutella is. Oh, that's man. that's a uh, second night uh, or the can, three minutes. Is it too late for us to request a Chris do an eggshells with Lanny Poffo? Uh, I, I'm I think he's still got some left, doesn't he? So I, that. yeah, I, I, do, I think he does have his roster set. But uh, hey, and, and one, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to give up my my uh, my year. Uh, and one more, uh, uh, y- uh, I think he has such an amazing look. He's going to be such an amazing heel. He's got the size. He's got that. Um, never shave your beard. Suji, okay, don't shave that fucking beard. Keep it. It's amazing. He's 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 just give him good gear and just have him slap the shit out of people and power them. You know, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and I mean it won't be too long until Oka comes back. Oka, I, I'm not as sold on of all of them. Here I Kawato, I thought he was like the top of the class. And for those that say he's short, refer to WH Park. Fuck you. Or too small. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh like must see matches on the cards are these these openers with any combination of the guys we just listed. And I mean that's even with the lot like uh Tatsuhiro Yagi recently just retired. I don't know if any reason has come out for that. Have you heard anything, WH? I think it was an injury. This mysterious No, wasn't it a, oh, he had okay. a cervical back injury? Okay. Um, I hadn't heard a, a reason for it, but he's retiring. Doesn't look like he will pursue this. And then, uh, Katsuya Kitamura, that, my God, this guy looked like he was going to be, uh, an enormous, uh, success for this company, or at least pushed as one. Uh, but him as well, uh, kind of sidelined and his future is in doubt. But I, I man, never had system, high hopes for just... him, though. I never had high hopes for Kitamura. I thought he looked amazing, but he always seemed kind of like, I don't know, timid in his matches. I, I, 
just something about his character just like I didn't didn't click with me as being a top star. You know. I, I saw him getting like a big gimmick and they would push him the hardest. Just the look alone was going to be enough that he was going to – he was going to have to fail spectacularly for them to sour on this guy. Whereas the others I think all have to you know, work up to a certain level to to reach that, that next level that I thought Kitamura, he was going to already be seen as a, as a possible star for them. But I mean if you've seen this guy, it's just – man, he was just chiseled out of granite. Well, that is going to bring an end to this month's show. We have, we have gone uh, lengthy this month. Lots to discuss. Uh, we'll be back next month. It's, uh, we're, we're approaching the, the end of the year, WH. So it's, you know what that means? List season. So, uh, one of these shows coming up, we're, we're going to have to get the whole WH Park rundown of the year that was 2018. John, I'm going to already start working on it right now. WH is going to go into his, uh, into his cave that is just, uh, Strapped up to uh, New Japan World with Lanny Poffo on on repeat constantly, and he will produce a list at the end of this year. The definitive list of Japanese pro wrestling this year, courtesy of WH Park. And if you disagree with that, fuck you. That's right. Anything you want to plug, WH? No. You care to chat with anybody? Uh Oh, uh, so like January 4th, you know, 2019, I'm going to be going to Wrestle Kingdom with uh, Joel Abraham of the Super J Cast podcast over at Voices of Wrestling. And I thought it'd be a nice idea if anyone listening or anyone on Twitter uh, would like to have brunch with us. Shoot me a line at, at WHPark9. Let me know. Um, I'm going to try to make a list, try to find a place where you can make a reservation to have brunch before the show and talk to people, meet people. You know, so I want to plug that. Awesome. WHPark9 on Twitter. Uh, I imagine there's going to be a lot of people traveling to Wrestle Kingdom, so no better way to kick off your day than brunch with WH Park and our friends at the Super J Cast. So check that out. We will be back uh, beginning of December. Uh, you can look for a show uh, then, and Way and I will be back on Saturday after Power Struggle. Uh, that will be a show on our Patreon at postwrestlingcafe.com, running through all of the action from Osaka. So we will speak with you then. <laughs>